And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday, I hope, as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. Last week, we talked about having a pair of glasses that helps us understand how God sees stuff. Today, we will talk about how everyone has some form of a pair of glasses they view through. The danger in not having glasses that come from God is that we see things from our own framework, and when we do that, we tend to add a little bit of flesh to our custom pair of spectacles. Next, prayer is the heartbeat of Christianity, but not everybody's heartbeat is in the same rhythmic cadence. Fancy words, huh? Not bad. The wisdom from this natural testimony is that prayer doesn't have to run the same way for each person. In fact, it rarely does. Everyone's style is a little bit different. It was designed that way, and prayer from difficult teaching has added too many rules to it from the church. Ooh. And finally, we know that an enemy attempts to move us out of the way. And if you're unfamiliar with this principle of the enemy trying to get you out of the way, you've already been moved out of the way. One of the most common warfare posturings in the enemy's desire is to have you and me be overwhelmed by fear. It's not new. He's been doing it for thousands of years because... It works. But we have something greater inside of us. We have the Lord. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Uh-oh. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve. So much more. Hey, 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 hey. How many of there are you in there? Hey, hey. What do you think? That's what we want to know. You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483, or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call us, Captain Chris will answer the phone, and you will be sailing in the right direction. Sailing takes me away to where I'm going. You 
got to play that for the rest of December. I don't care, no matter what anybody says. Here's the bottom line. If you have an opinion, a thought, a comment, you have an idea, you have a praise report or a prayer request, or perhaps even you might be one of the people that has a response to Bible trivia, here is your first Bible trivia question of this segment. According to Genesis, who did God promise to make the father of a great nation? Ooh. According to Genesis, who did God promise to make the father of a great nation? That is the question that is being asked. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I do want to do a quick prayer, if that's all right with everybody, for health. I want to make sure that everybody gets prayed for for their health. And then in the next segment, we're going to pray for finances. So let me just do a corporate prayer. Just join me in it. Only takes a minute. We're just joining our faith really together, believing that God's graciousness is here for this. Father, we come before you and we ask you in the name of Jesus, with help from the Holy Spirit, that you would touch in our audience those people who are physically hurting. There are some where their pain is really intense on a regular basis. It's just very, very draining. And we ask that you would give them strength and you would renew them and you would empower them, but most of all, that you would heal them and you would touch their physical bodies. And even if it can only be for a short period by your determination, we ask that that would come for them and they would get that relief. And for those that are just drawing closer to you, that there would be some great sense of comfort some great sense of wisdom and trust, but heal those who are hurting from the smallest item to the deepest and most serious element. Nothing escapes your notice. So minister to those people by your grace and by your mercy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Okay, so we have our trivia question that we've asked, and I'll just state it again real quickly. Uh, according to Genesis, who did God promise to make the father of a great nation? If you think you know that, you can call us, 972-445-0770, or text in 214-210-8483. I will make one comment because <laughs> Deborah said one of the funniest things when she asked about the monkeys. <laughs> It's just so funny. But wait, you see, you have to understand how people do this, right? So she asked, okay, well, you know, did they give them banana daiquiris? Okay. And then Kirk texts in and goes, a group of monkeys is called a Congress. <laughs> so it's like, uh, was the study of drunken monkeys done on Congress? <laughs> my answer to that most immediate reply is only if they all got paid for it. That would be my Good answer, though, right? Okay. Not bad. That's right. We have fun. If you're not having fun and you're offended, I'm sorry. But you you can't take your ball and go home because I'm not getting off the station. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Here is a DDD uh, entitled Custom Eyeglasses Used on Others. Custom eyeglasses used on others. For Samuel chapter 18, verse 9. So Saul watched David jealously... From that day forward. Uh, Stop. There it is. So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. How do we see people in our lives? 
Saul saw David through jealous glasses. He put on these glasses. They weren't the ones from the Lord, right? They were glasses that had much more flesh in them, and then everything was tainted. This is what happens to you and I, and let's just do the honest, you know, those honest moments where we put on our glasses regarding regarding some people because almost every time we get a communication from them, there's just something coming that's just low. This is going to be lousy. I haven't even opened it. I'm already dreading it, right? Have you ever gone through that? Right? Or every time this person texts me, I'm not smiling after I read it, or something along those lines. And it could be somebody who, you know, has got a spirit of complaining. It could be somebody that's got a, a spirit of pride. It could be any of those things, right? And you're just like going, oy vey, right? But you're not saying it much, but you know how you're seeing it. And that's custom glasses. You've already put the glasses on. You've already determined how it's going to be. You're already seeing it through that slant. It's not that they've never done anything. It's just that you and I tend to stay in those zones and see people that way. And so no matter what was going to happen with Saul and King Saul and David, David was going to impute evil motives to Saul's actions. I've gone through this with a professor. I'm just confessing. Right. I had a professor uh, before we started the radio show and my buddy in the in the process was a pastor, was my like a schoolmate. And he would write me and go, what's why does she, you know, jump on you like that? I mean, he was asking me. Right. And I'm like, every time this <laughs> statement, I, I just and I just and instead of having any kind of change of heart or mercy, I was I was mad. But my anger did not work the righteousness of God. And sometimes people do that because of other reasons. It's not because of you. And we need to do a better job of not wearing custom glasses where we see the downside on people. So the question to ask is what kind of glasses do we use with others? And are those glasses approved prescription glasses from God? In other words, when you put your glasses on when you're dealing with that very difficult person, is 1 Corinthians 13 in those glasses? Where it gives you a description of what love is? I would say for me, no. In many cases, not. Which shows me I have a lot of growing up to do. I'm not... I don't beat myself up over it. I know I'm I know I need grace. I know I need mercy. I love that. I I relish in that. But I also recognize I want to be more like Jesus because I want to love the way that he did and love the way he does and function in that way. I don't always do it, but I want to do it. And he knows it. And so I'd rather just own it and look at it. So my prayer for all of us is let's get a not just the pair of glasses that come from God, but let's get rid of the glasses that taint others. Okay, got trivia. And I'm not going to forget that because I got Chris looking right at me. In the, <laughs> According to Genesis, who did God promise to make the father of a great nation? That would be Abram before he became Abraham. And God didn't add the ham just for the fun of it, but we'll just leave that there and let you think that through. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
confronted by the unimaginable, look at how some of the Bible heroes responded. Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughed when the Lord promised her a son in old age. Why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord answered. That's Genesis 18.13. Zechariah, priest in the temple, asked, How can I be sure of this to Gabriel? I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Luke, this is out of Luke 119. In other words, God was saying, God can do this. Mary exclaimed, how are you going to do this? When Gabriel brought her that great news of her son that she would bear, the angel assured her, nothing, with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 137, the disciples questioned Jesus, and he answered them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. The Lord reminded the prophet Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. Praise to him who is able, listen, this is Ephesians 3, 20. Praise to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Finally, when life just seems impossible, we can memorize and believe and agree with the Apostle Paul's conclusion of all his personal struggles, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is in Philippians 4.13. Darkness comes. This is from John Piper, this, this next statement. Darkness comes. In the middle of it, the future looks blank. But with God, nothing is impossible. He has more ropes and ladders and tunnels out of pits than you can ever conceive of. So wait and pray without ceasing and hope. I think that this kind of thought process, it's not name it and claim it. It's just believing that God is the God that can do anything is applicable for his kids to operate in when their situation seems impossible that we deal in the truth of the possible that God brings. Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Before we get to our trivia question and before we get to uh, my need to communicate humor, <laughs> uh, we're going to do a prayer for our finances, which is not funny. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Let's pray as we come before the Lord. Father, we come before you right now again in the name of Jesus with help from the Holy Spirit. And we are praying for our audience. We're praying for their wellness physically, but I'm also praying, Lord God, for their financial status. That's not for us to receive here. Forget that. This is for people who are really struggling. Not not just people who are struggling to make the payments that they're responsible for or that they've committed to, but also those who just are searching for a wisdom in how to approach it and what to do. Be everybody's business partner and not a silent partner. Be everybody's strength 
in this process. Let nobody think that their situation is greater than you, for you are greater than all of these things, and you will take care of your kids. Help us to have a faith that says, even though we don't know how, we definitely know through who. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Okay, get ready for a trivia question. Not the easiest. I tell people. Not the easiest question. Not the hardest. Not the easiest question in numbers. So you got the first five books of the Bible. That's called the Torah. And that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy in numbers. So this would be the fourth book. <laughs> okay. Who did Balak ask to prophesy against the Israelites? So Balak was like, uh-oh, Israel, they look bad. I got to get some help. Who did he try to get help from? Oh, he probably didn't talk like that, but then again, you never know. Uh, if you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david, at he must increase. Dot org. Am I missing something? Did I, am I we're still on target? We're just still doing okay? All right. Good. Looking forward to this teaching, so you guys get ready for that. Uh, here are two jokes, though, and these are great ones. Well, one of them is a great one. <laughs> okay. One of them is a great one. Now, if anybody gets offended at this, I apologize that you have no sense of humor. Okay. Uh, like that? That's a good line. <laughs> Bam, bam. All right, uh, here's the first one. A pastor was leaving his area and was saying farewell to his congregation at the church door for the last time. He shook the hand of an elderly lady as she walked out. She said, your successor won't be as good as you. Well, nonsense, said the pastor in a flattered tone. No, really, said the old lady. I've been here under five different ministers, and each new one has been worse than the last. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Ouch. But this one, this is the one that's going to offend people, which is irony, right? Because that's more offensive than this is. And this is just too. F and if you guys get offended at this, I, you know, take a, take a week off the show. <laughs> uh, it seems there was a minister who had just all of his remaining teeth pulled and new dentures were being made. The first Sunday, he only preached 10 minutes. The second Sunday, he preached 20 minutes. But the third Sunday, he preached an hour and 25 minutes. When asked about this by some of the congregation, he responded this way. The first Sunday, my gums were so sore it hurt to talk. The second Sunday, my dentures were hurting a lot. The third Sunday, I accidentally grabbed my wife's dentures, and I couldn't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, how is that not funny? People, man, people. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to get like six emails. You evil man. Okay. Eh, what are you going to do? Uh, trivia question. Who, in numbers, who did Balak ask uh, to prophesy against the Israelites? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Don't worry about spelling it perfectly. That part's okay. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Listen to this. You might not get a lot from this show, but get this because this, this part's good. 
1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 2 through 4. So David inquired of the Lord, should I launch an attack against the Philistines? The Lord answered David, launch an attack against the Philistines and rescue Caleb. And David's men said to him, look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Caleb against the Philistine forces? Once again, David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to have somebody who's going to answer the the trivia question, I think. But we're going to show you what people do in prayer and why just being yourself is just okie-dokie with God. Because, of course, that's how we made you. We ready for somebody to answer the trivia question? Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Deborah Caldwell, David. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How you doing? I'm doing great. First time listening to your station today, and I'm loving it. I love that you love it. I would send you money for that, but we don't make enough. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir, for you as well. Okay. <laughs> I love it, you guys. I do. I All really right. do. All right. Now, this is a good question because some people don't know the answer. They need to know the answer. In Numbers, who did Balak ask to prophesy against the Israelites? Made, um... That is correct! <laughs> and you know what's amazing, and this is something people should recognize, is, see, he was hired to curse, but God turned the yeah. curse into a blessing because yeah. that's the kind of God we serve. Yes! Amen! Amen! Amen. <laughs> I love it. Good job. Excellent work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See that? We just have fun. All right, now I want to go back to this because I want you to catch this. In the church, I'm not saying every church. So don't you know when I say something indicting against the church, I don't mean every single person in the church, or I don't mean every single church teaches it. It's just been taught over time and time again that there are a certain amount of rules. And I remember, and I was in the room, so nobody can say anything about a lady saying, "Never pray with your you know your hands pointing down." That means you're praying to the enemy. It's like, well, if you ever got into a car crash and you were in a body cast and you couldn't do anything but have your hands down, I guess you're not allowed to pray. I mean, it's like, that's like who comes up with this? Can you just see Jesus going, oh, yeah, that's right. No, he would never say that. And so David inquires of the Lord, shall I launch an attack? And God says, yes. And then his men come back and they go, eh. <laughs> This is what else? Uh, 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 you know, you know, I mean, we're not real confident here. So you know what David did? He asked God again. And how did God answer? He answered him. God didn't go, oh, you asked me twice. <laughs> strike you with lightning. Strike you with lightning. It's like, that's not how this works. So the scripture says in 1 Samuel 23, 4, go check out your Bible. Once again, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him. It's like, go, 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 go do your thing. Go, 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 go. It's okay to inquire more than once, even if there's an answer that you've got, because sometimes we look for reassurance and clarity and for comfort and from eliminating hearing mistakes. We're not trying to irritate God. We're not trying to fight against his will. We're not trying to be uh, disobedient. The Lord knows that. See, I think what happens is we'll do something. It'll be sincere action. Then somebody else may hear about it or you mention somebody, and the way they interpret it is different than the way God interprets it. When I come before the Lord and he says, go do this, and I come before the Lord again and do one of those, are you sure? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. That's not me trying to be bad. 
And this is the same kind of thing that happens when you get into the 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 people that that uh, you know one group in Christianity is like you know you can't you, you can't ask for signs and ask for signs at all because it shows that you either have no faith or you don't believe Jesus is Messiah. Well, first of all, that's not true because God gave signs all the way from Genesis to Revelation, so that's just silly. The other part of that is people asking for signs like Gideon. We're just like going, okay, I'm just trying not to mess this up, right? What Jesus rebuked was the people asking for a sign to prove he was the Messiah. That's substantially different than asking God, uh, I, I just need to know I'm not doing this dumb, right? I mean, and that's why what we do is we kind of pour into these rules and these reasonings, and it's like, you know what? Don't do that. Come before the Lord, be yourself. You know, you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to posture before God. He already knows. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, I just want you to know I'm not going to look up right now. Now, if you really feel that way, that's fair. But don't do that because you're trying to impress God because he knows you're trying to impress him, so then don't do that. Just tell him what's going on, share your heart, share your feelings. One of the things that I see about prayer, and this is a true statement. Some people say, well, people pray to get things changed. Uh, It's maybe better to say that we pray so that God changes us. That might be more accurate. So that we get into a surrender or a a yielded position. It's not that you can't have faith, not that you can't pray, but um, what I'm talking about is coming and yielding and going, I'm just trying to get the clarity. I want to know what I'm doing is what you want to do. I think it's a, a very important element for people who are seeking wisdom just to be as earnest and honest as possible. If the Lord grants you a sign, the bigger problem about that is most of the time, like for Israel, they didn't believe it anyway. That's the problem. The problem is that God would show them something and they go, yeah, what have you done for me lately? That's the problem, okay? So don't add prayer rules. It's okay to inquire more than once, even if you already got an answer, if you're seeking clarity and reassurance and comfort and eliminating hearing mistakes. And if you do that sincerely, the Lord knows you're doing that. And here's here's something that will just absolutely shock you. He loves that because you're trying to do it right before him. I mean, like, I mean that's, that's fantastic. I'd give $100 a child if any of my kids did that once, <laughs> let alone. Yeah, never mind. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, David, this is Al. Hi, brother. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. I going to a call, so I wanted to try to get this answer in. All right, that and that's a that's a good. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that with Matt or not, but boy, I like that guy. He's got a you know he's committed to the doctrine. I love people that are committed. Uh, I don't know. Will, will you put his website on Facebook or? On uh, I can put it. I'll put it on our website. Give them a link, and okay. uh, I'll make sure I got to get permission because I don't want to do anything where they're not. You know, I, I'm real. I try to be really careful, but but I don't think they'll have any sure. problem with that. So we, we won't take anything. It's just it's good for apologetics, and we're going to use some of it. All right, here you go. Here okay. you go. Here's your first one. Who had a late night visit from an angel who assured him that he would be safe aboard a storm? Tossed ship. 
I'm, I don't think this is right, but I'm going to go with Peter. So close. What's the other name that's really close to that? <laughs> Paul? Yes, that's it. That's it. There it is. <laughs> All right, that's in Acts chapter 27, verse 23 and 24. Before they had the shipwreck at the end there at 28, he said to relax. Everybody's going to be fine. Nobody's going to die on the ship. You're all going to end up at this island, you know. And so he was telling everybody to calm down. That's the person who had the late night uh, visit. Now, Peter did have a visit from an angel in prison in Acts 12. So you could make an argument that that was part of the answer too. But that's why we went to the safe aboard a storm-tossed ship. That's mm-hmm. that's where we get yeah. the definition. So, good shot, though. Very good. Very good, my brother. You know how much I appreciate it. Good job. Yeah, and I'll never forget that answer. Always, <laughs> never. You will Paul never now. forget that. Paul. Here's Paul. Here's Paul. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Excellent job, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Balaam, what a great answer. What a great phone call that was. Thank you, sister. Such a blessing, right? I mean, that's just cool, right? Right. All right. Uh, what do we got? Oh, we got to do our trivia, and then we'll do our history. Uh, I will tell you the last teaching for today. Not this teaching. This next teaching is good. But the last teaching is more my fave kind of stuff. Were you supposed to say that? I don't care. Here's a trivia question, a good one. We just did one about numbers. Here's one about Deuteronomy. Most of you will know this, and you should get this. And if you don't know this, you need to know this because this is kind of where the laydown is for the gospel in the early times. In the ch- in what chapter of Deuteronomy does Moses predict the coming of another significant prophet? In what chapter of Deuteronomy does Moses predict the coming of another significant prophet? What is that answer? If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. In the meantime, we want to also send you to the website. Don't forget the app. Spoonanity. Okay, it's spoon and then anity. A-N-I-T-Y. 
And you think, well, why? Well, one, it's free. Two, you can listen to the show anytime on your phone. So if you're having a hard time on the radio or any other place or on your computer, you can do it right on the phone. The app seems to always work really good. I don't know what the deal is with that. It uh, doesn't cost you anything, and quite frankly, it didn't cost us that much. <laughs> Just being honest. But also, you get to check out the website's newly designed. Looks a lot cooler, I think. Uh, one of those things that uh, I think is a blessing. We've had more traffic on that website in the last week. It's almost up 38% our traffic. Yeah, that's right. Go to hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right. I will point out that Eric brings up an excellent point that poor L, he gets his replay on his miss. Quite often. That's right. We love Al, so it doesn't matter. And he's got the funniest responses, I think, of anybody. Because if he doesn't know the answer, he just tells me. If I don't know the answer, I'm just what's off the top of my head. That's how it goes. <laughs> this is our audience. Our audience modifies Bible Jeopardy. That That's you guys. That's pretty amazing. Uh, in which chapter of Deuteronomy does Moses predict the coming of another significant prophet? You do need to know the answer. Remember, the gospel is preached ahead of time. This is part of that. Remember, in the reference to the gospel, Jesus is referenced as the rock that the children of Israel drink water out of. You should be making those connections. That's good stuff to kind of understand. Uh, let's do—what are we doing? We're doing history. i got to find my history piece of paper. Where is it? It's not there. Oh, here it is. Okay. Go ahead. Let's play history. Let's go All right, a couple cool things. Uh, Armed Forces Flag Day today. Uh, also, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, December 7th. And I was really blessed. Oh, about six years ago. What's this? 24? Yeah, about six years ago, maybe five years ago, I had the chance to interview one of the last few people uh, in the studio who was actually on uh, on a ship and when the Pearl Harbor took place, he told a very fascinating story about the ship went down, right? And what he did was he walked on the gun of the ship, the, the, the turn of the ship, to get up out of the water. He literally walked to get up. And to, it's like, wow, it's amazing. It's like, what a great story. So anyhow, um, I will say that if you uh, ever want to check that out, go to our website, check out the, the podcast. It's way back there. You just want to look for... Uh, basically Pearl Harbor. Just type that in, you'll find something because that little it should pop up there. And if not, send me an email and I'll get you the direct link. How's that? The other thing is it's National Cotton Candy Day. I happen to like cotton candy, but I liked it more when I was 15 than when I'm older. I mean, is that fair? Right? I mean, it's changed, didn't it? Like it's not yeah. the same. It's not. I mean, it used to be like <gasps> cotton candy. You know, now it's like, eh. <laughs> right? At the end of the day, it's just sugar. Yeah, I know. You have to like that. The sugar's good. I mean, well, can be good. Can be bad. Can cause blues. Sugar blues. Not promoting anything. Uh, also, on this day in 1973, it was David Spoon's bar mitzvah anniversary 47 years ago. 47 years ago, I was bar mitzvahed. Normally, I've told this story before, normally when you have a bar mitzvah, there's uh, 200 people. 
150 people, of which 100 are your family, right? In this case, they had a rabbi come in from Great Britain, so the place was packed. Always good for public speaker people who faint. It's the only story you ever heard in Hebrew school. Don't faint. Don't faint. And uh, and that's where I learned the line. <laughs> this is how much I paid attention. You worship God your way, I'll worship God his way. <laughs> brilliant. It's just brilliant. I still remember. All right, so uh, I'll tell you that. And then the last thing to tell you, bum, 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 two things. The blue marble picture. You know the blue marble picture of the earth? 1972 is when that was first taken, taken by Apollo 17. It was one of the most reproduced images in human history. See, that's now that's fascinating. And then uh, finally, 1963, first football instant replay by CBS. Uh, 1963, and a day later, everybody realizes football now lasts 12 hours a game. Okay, yeah, I'm just moving on from there. Uh, the trivia question's pretty straightforward. In which chapter of Deuteronomy does Moses predict the coming of another significant prophet? Therefore, that answer is a number. Right, because which chapter? And let's get into the teaching real quick. Did I miss anything? Did I cover everything? It's amazing. You got to go through this like. And actually, even though I have a list, I pretty much do it in my brain, which is super sad. First Samuel is 17, 10 through 11, and then verse 26. And yes, I know I'm not doing it in a full, straight out read, so just follow the bouncing ball for a little bit. The Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel's. Israel today, send me a man so we can fight each other. When Saul and all Israel heard these words from the Philistine, they lost their courage and were terrified. They heard these words and they lost their courage. I want you to understand something. This is the tactic, one of the main tactics, one of the this and forgiveness, but this is one of the main, main, main tactics of the enemy to discourage or to freeze us out. His goal is for us to lose courage because when you lose courage, you become immobile. You stop, right? What happens when you're facing something that requires a lot of courage? If you don't have the courage, you stop right where you are. Right? Now watch what verse 26 teaches us of this same text. David spoke to the men who were standing with him. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? On the one hand, you had Saul and his men who saw Goliath and were like going, that dude is big. This is a big mountain. And on the other hand, you had David going, who is this guy that he might defy the living God? David was correctly indignant that God's ability had been insulted. He wasn't impressed with people. He was impressed that God could use people. Keep in mind, God used a donkey to rebuke a prophet. So God can pretty much do whatever he wants. That kind of lays it out. And so one of our own tactics in spiritual warfare, in in, in us engaging and moving forward, is to, to some degree, have a arrogant confidence in God. When I say arrogant, I say that kind of softly. Just have an abundance of confidence in God because the enemy is going to try and paralyze us through 
fear. When you go, and, and some of you will deny it, and I love you, so don't worry about it, but you, you will go on the internet, you'll check out different news websites, and you'll read something, and your spirit just goes, ugh, ugh, right? And you become not afraid, but paralyzes more bad news. This is, oh, they're going to add to the Supreme Court, ugh. And they're going to stack it with liberal judges. And this is what people do. And then whatever it is, they become afraid. And that's all the enemy has to do to put somebody over to the side. That's all he's trying to do. Just a little bit of fear, a little bit of reservation, a little bit of immobilization. Hey, you know what was really cool about Peter when he was uh, with Jesus, when Jesus came walking on the water? And what were they? They were all afraid, right? And uh, they said, what? It's a ghost. I mean, they were like, I'm afraid. And Peter's like, wait, wait a minute. If that's you, tell me to come out there, and I'm going to come out there. Jesus goes, come on out. Water's fine. And Peter gets out of the boat. He moves from immobilization and fear to stepping out of the boat. And for a brief time, he walks on water. The idea behind this is for us to have a little more of a tactical awareness that when the enemy is trying to freeze you out, he's basically insulting the ability of God. And you and I know God can snap his fingers and the whole thing changes. I mean the whole thing. People are like, well, he can't do it. He's God. He'll do what he wants. And if he does it, why don't you argue? Why don't you go tell him he can't do that, okay? Okay. All right, let's not forget trivia, which I already did. So without Chris, we would have kept Chris. I'd have lost that. The answer for where that chapter is in Deuteronomy is chapter 18 in Deuteronomy, where Jesus is referenced by Moses as a forthcoming significant prophet. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. 
Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Then they complained to Moses against Moses and Aaron, and they said it had been better for us to die in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. Their theory in that thought process is they're thinking it'd be better for us if we just died in the wilderness or back in Egypt where we know where things were at as opposed to going to a new land and being consumed by these big people. This is a terrible idea. There's some commentators that believe that their complaining really has to do with they, they thought it would be better to die over time in the wilderness or over time in Egypt versus going to the land and being immediately killed by these big people. And they were bumming. And look what they said. Wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt? How quick we forget what the bondage is once you're out. Oh, how quickly do you forget the bondages that God brought you through once you're away from it? Like, well, well, I don't remember being that bad. The David Spoon Experience on 770 KAAM. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. As we get ready for our final trivia question of the show, how many chapters are there in the book of the prophet Jeremiah? How many chapters? Now, for those who are driving, I do not want you to stop looking at the road, okay? Do not do that. If somebody's with you, they can look up an app or whatever. Here's your only hint. There is a famous card game with a number called Blank Pickup. Let's see if you can figure out with that hint. Good hint, right? That's a good one. Uh, if you can figure it out, if you can, 972-445-0770. You can also uh, text in 214-210-8483. And then as well, you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. Don't forget to check out the website. Don't forget to pick up the Spoonanity app, uh, all that stuff. Aunt Dev got it first. Good job, Ed. All right. The question, uh, how many chapters I had to repeat? People tell me, how many chapters in the book of Jeremiah? How many chapters? Okay. And then you got to think of what I said for a hint, the card game blank pickup. Uh, We got that. We got that. We got that. Tomorrow, very uh, challenging message. I'm telling you, warning you kind of ahead of time so you can know. Plus, also, I've got uh, well, I got some cool things that are coming uh, this week, and then we're going to be looking at. So, I really do need you guys to be praying. So, we're 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 one away from finishing Colossians, and we're getting a lot closer on Thessalonians, and we want to replace the books, and we're looking at a bunch of different books to replace. And so, I want everybody to kind of be thinking. Okay, well, we want to do this. We want to do this. I think it'll be. Uh, 
really good if we do an Esther review. That's a good review. A Genesis review. That's also a good review. First, uh, Second Timothy or uh, Titus review, and I also think a First Corinthians review would be good. So just keep these things in prayer as we try and figure out what we're doing. I have no idea. But if you pray for me, maybe the Lord will help me figure it out. Uh, final question, how many chapters in the book of Jeremiah, not counting Lamentations, which was also written by Jeremiah? Uh, Isaiah chapter 63, verse 8 through 9 says this. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so... He became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. So uh, I want to make sure you understand. We've talked about this before. You've heard some of my testimony. If you want to really get a better handle on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle. And then otherwise, it's like seven bucks or something. Oh, that's not very much. Uh, it's a kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church, right? That's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, he said, surely they are my people's sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he too was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put himself or placed himself. He's not incomplete without us in the in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus, and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now, you just have to imagine, you're on a donkey, bammo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground, and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake-up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say, Saul say? He says, who are you? <laughs> right? Because this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. And he's just like, hey, you're 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 persecuting me. And Saul's like, what? I don't even know who you are. I I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. These are my people. And by touching them, you're touching me. Isn't that? It's very powerful. So these are the kind of things that help us understand. And so you look at a passage like this in Isaiah. So that's a passage in Acts. We know the John eleven thirty five passage. Jesus wept. He wasn't weeping for Lazarus, who was dead and getting up in five minutes. Wasn't what was Lazarus going through? Hey, I'm in the presence of God. Yeah. <laughs> 
wasn't like he was struggling. It's the people and all their grief and all of their feeling around because they thought Lazarus was lost. Well, Jesus knew he wasn't lost. He knew it was going to—in route, he knew what was going to happen. And then what we understand is that Jesus weeps, but he weeps for the pain around him and the people around him. It's going to get better for them, but they felt the loss. So Jesus identified with them. When you go through something, God identifies with you. If you're one of his, he shares in that burden. If you're not yet one of his, he still knows what you're going through, but the relationship component is is substantially different. So in these scriptures, you get to see how connected God is. Listen to what he says. Surely they're my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior, and in all their distress, he too was distressed. He can feel it. He knows it. Now, that doesn't mean that he's concerned or what's that's the phrase? He's not worried about you the way that you're worried about you or the way that your family or friends or spouse or children or anything else are worried about you. But he shares in the pain. And he knows what it's going to take to get you back. And what's important about that is for you and me to connect to the Lord in that way of appreciation. Right? <laughs> One of our uh, m- more recent favorite listeners go, how do you think Lazarus felt? He was probably upset. You're probably right. <laughs> he, was probably, he was probably, wait a second. <laughs> Just a second here. I was done. It's like, sorry, buddy. <laughs> you got more work to do. <laughs> I think that would be me. If the Lord did that and then brought me back, I'd be like, are you for real? I mean, I would have such a hard time with that. But here's the bottom line to that. The bottom line is that sharing part and how the Lord connects with us. And you'd think that, you know, the Lord's so far above us, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be there. But that's why Jesus became one of us. And tonight you start to get like, oh, 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 this is part of that connection process, that part of the plan. Remember, Jesus, the, the lamb of God chosen before the foundation of the earth. It wasn't like God didn't know this was going to happen. It wasn't like God didn't know what the plan was. He already put a plan into place, already referenced in Genesis 3. But what we get to see is that by Jesus becoming a man, that connectivity, that even the angels are like, whoa, whoa, what is this all about? Remember? Angels, yes or no, up or down. <laughs> it wasn't For us, it was like he became one of us. And some people have asked, well, what about, you know, some of the other beings or races? I have no idea. No, just, all I know is the story God gave us, and that's the one I'm using. Does that mean there's no other beings? No, I would never say that. There's already at least six identifiable different uh, past human beings listed in the Bible. So I would probably say no. <laughs> well, does that mean that every you have? No, 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 it doesn't mean that. It does mean there's more going on than we know. Here's the biggest thing I want you to catch. You know that distress you feel? You are never alone. He feels it too. I'm not trying to be emotional. I'm not trying to do anything. I just know when I went through my process and that pain that I went through, it was brutal. It was brutal. I was so mad and so hurt and so needing comfort kind of at the same time. I don't know if you've ever gone through that where you're just like, you're super mad, you're super upset, you're super like, I just, and you just don't get it. And it's like, it was important for God to say to me, I get it. I get what you're going through. 
And that's why in Revelation, in the seven uh, letters to the seven churches, which whether you think that's reflective of times or seasons or whether you think it's reflective of all churches, doesn't even matter. Jesus said one thing to all seven churches, I know, I know. It's like, good, somebody needs to know. Oh, wait, it's the Lord he knows. All right, all right. So we got trivia that we got to answer. Did you like that question, though? How many chapters do you want to answer for everybody? How many chapters, then, are in the book of Jeremiah, knowing the hint of the famous uh, uh, game with cards, blank pickup? How many? 52. That is correct, Amanda, sir. You get your own gal. 52. 52. See, see, 52 pickup. And for those of you that don't know what 52 pickup is, get an older brother, give him a deck of cards, and say, what's 52 pickup? And you'll find out in a hurry. <laughs> That's how I learned. Wasn't well, that how everybody learned? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Delightful show. Love it. I love it when you guys engage. Don't forget the website because I do want you to check it out. And don't forget to give because we need it. And we're not going to hey, We need it. We want to keep going move forward. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.